Thanks, man. I got props today. I feel like I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a high school. <laughs> this is the Big Jesus Club for me. Actually, put these on the ground. I was sitting there um, this morning. What up, Brandon? Good to see you, man. I was sitting there this, uh, you know, this morning, and I had this thought uh, that crossed my mind. You know, how many of you have ever been to a, to a church on Sunday? You're my Chick-fil-A. All right. Some of you, if you don't know what that is, you definitely need to get in tune with what's going on. Kanye got saved, if you didn't know. Um, but I, you know, grow, growing up in the last 12 years of being a Christian, um, I feel like the culture that we've, we've built within, within church, right? When you think of like church and Sunday and weekends is we've really limited church to something that we attend versus something that we become and we are. Anyone with me? And this is why in this generation, there is a, there, there is both a, uh, have you ever noticed a lot of churches now are really pushing and emphasizing the power of the local church, uh, but you're also seeing that the, the generation of what used to attract them in the past, you know, kind of youth group days, I think maybe tail end 90s, early 2000s, 2008, at least around that time frame, it was like you get kids to youth group through Guitar Hero, you know, uh, you drink um, monsters through a sock, you know, it was all the cool games you can possibly think of to attract youth. And we're just in a very different culture. And when I was sitting there, I was thinking, man, how much of my own life have I developed to where I, we put up this facade sometimes of what, we, of what we think people, how we think people ought to see us? Are you tracking with me or want me to elaborate a little bit? I'll elaborate a little bit. This, like this morning, we'll just take my, my family this morning, okay? Um, I feel like we're, we're pretty open, open books here. My family this morning, there are moments... Uh, um, it seems like every time me and my wife bump heads again, she says we don't fight. She says we have intense fellowship. <laughs> Same thing, okay? It seems like all of our intense fellowship always happens before I speak. Has that ever happened to you? Like you got to go and minister somewhere. You got to go communicate. And it's almost like, could we not have held? And it wasn't even anything bad. It was just like something super, something super. It was, it was the, again, it was the dog. I feel like this dog has brought up so much of in our marriage. I'm like... <laughs> Like this, the Lord's like, I'm going to send you a hook. It's called fire. It's the name of the dog. You know, it's like this dog has revealed more to This dog has really been refining fire to my life. I have gone to Jesus this last week more than I have in a while. Just I'm like, man, I, I thought it was hard with kids. I'm like, this is a dog. Like, it feels like it's harder, you know. But I felt like this morning, just this freedom that I wanted to kind of let, like, let loose in the room. Like, we're not these this perfect couple that makes no mistakes and we're coming here to share God's word with you because we're perfect. I just want you to know that if you in any way think that of us, please leave. You will greatly be disappointed as time goes by. We are very normal people. I get frustrated like the next guy. We have moments of disagreement. We're not standing here because we've perfected the Bible, but because we're following the one that is perfect. And we're choosing to not relent in our pursuit of God, regardless of what we currently see. You know, there are moments, I'll be honest with you, leading Mondays, there are moments where I come in on a Monday and I feel the spiritual atmosphere is hot. Like people are excited. People want to worship. And then there's moments you come in and you can feel the apathy. There's moments you come in and, bro, join my wife here on this comfortable couch. Come on, come on. There are moments you, I come in and I could feel the bad weekend you had. I could feel the disbelief. 
You know, it's, it's interesting because as a leader, you have to almost learn how to, to smile in the midst of what you're feeling. And it's not being fake. I love what Furtick says. It's not being fake. It's being faithful. And the reason why we, even this morning, there's nothing in, my, in the fabric of my body that wanted to jump and shout and praise because my biggest battle a lot of times is here. And, this, and I literally, I was preparing a word last night, this morning, and last week, I literally heard this phrase, no fast fruit. I heard this phrase, no fast fruit. Now, I, I, brought, I, don't, I don't eat any of these here. Some of you do, but I don't. Um, how many of you at least have had McDonald's once in your life? Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Once, you, how many have never had a McDonald's a burger or anything from McDonald's at all in your life? You've never, you are heroes. Come on. Okay, guys, now let's do that again. Come on, let's give it up for her. She's never had McDonald's. You did not drink the Kool-Aid. Come on. How about some good old KFC? Where's Chris at? Come on, Chris. Come on, Ben. I know you've had some KFC in your life. They stood up. They're like, how many like KFC? Okay, how many like Popeyes over KFC? How many like home-cooked fried chicken over any of these? Okay. Now, I got to admit, if I had to choose, if I was just going to let my life go down the drain with my health and backslide in my health, my go-to would be Carl's Jr., okay? Bacon Western Cheeseburger. Y'all remember the $6 burgers that weren't $6? Y'all remember those? Some of you don't remember those back in the day, like guacamole burger. There was these massive burgers, right? How many of you know that fast food over time is very bad for you? There was a documentary that came out when I was younger and it did not really make anyone stop eating McDonald's. It made them kind of go to McDonald's called Supersize Me. You remember that documentary? The guy ate McDonald's for one month straight. His health began to decline. He got really fat. And you would think that the consequences of seeing what fast food does to another person would cause everyone in America to give up Mickey D's. But the reality of it is that just because you see the consequences of fast food on someone else's life doesn't mean it's going to make you stop eating it. We understand the concept of fast food, but do you understand the concept of fast fruit? See, these are two of the same apples. The difference is one is filled with GMOs and fake stuff, and the other one has actually taken time to develop. And although you may look at this fruit and you may think this is way smaller, I'm going to go for this. How many of you are the hometown buffet, buffet type people? You're like, it's the more for my money type of people. You are those. Come on, raise your hand. You can care less about the quality, it's the quantity. Honey, I don't care what this is going to do in the long run, cancer, whatever. We are getting a, a more for our buck. You have those people, right? Now, you may look at this apple and think you're actually getting more, but if you were to break down the nutrients in this apple versus this one, this one would far outweigh this one. When you look at our lives, you think, just because someone looks like they have everything together on the outside, they look like they're more mature, they look like they know more, you can't just go by what you see. I was thinking this, no fast fruit. No fast fruit. We can't have that in today's culture. I'm looking at my team, right? Our, our team is going through a, the 2020 has been an interesting year for One Voice Student Missions. I'm not just talking about our Monday mornings. But as a missionary organization, we've hit 10 years. And there's a book called Good to Great, and this book talks about that when companies, organizations hit 10 years, two things happen. They plateau or they excel. 
And that solely is dependent upon the ones that are really caring. And we're kind of at this interesting mark now because when I look at like the last 10 years, everything I've always wanted to do, I've been able to do. All the cool stadium events I've wanted to go to, I've been to them. All the famous speakers that I've, you know, admired on YouTube, I've met most of them. Maybe the only one I really dined to meet is T.D. Jakes, but I'd probably fanger over him in a heartbeat. <laughs> Everyone else I've been able to be a part of and, and meet, and, and we're friends in some capacity. You know, the high schools being reached, the, the music dream of, man, could we release music? I mean, you hear the band, it, all this stuff, like the dream of having a bass, all these things God's done. And, and I'm realizing that, uh, 10 years, we've hit 10 years, and we're kind of at this place now where I'm evaluating the last 10 years, not of our ministry success, but what has actually been the fruit of our lives. Because there's a difference. Anyone could have success in ministry if you have the right marketing today. If you know how to market, you know how to design, and you know how to trumpet something, anyone can gather anybody. That's like the days of like just big gatherings, it's kind of not impressive anymore because you can pay to do that, Right? But I'm looking at our lives and I'm thinking, man, our generation is, we're so in a rush to get fruit that we actually will do whatever it takes to look like this because this seems unsuccessful. This seems unsuccessful. I'm going to be honest with you. There's been moments in my life where, our, or there's been moments in one voice where our team has grown. There's been moments where our team has, has, has shrunk. And in the shrinking or the pruning moments is always when I begin to question, if, am I, have I missed God? Right? There's been moments, if you've been with me long enough, where our clubs are, are massive. We've got all these people that are, that are gathering, and there's hundreds of kids. And then there's moments where the club kind of maybe dwindles a little bit. You know, maybe it went from like 400 to 300, which 300, you're still like, that's amazing. No, 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 but I'm depressed at 300. You know, like there, there's, there's moments where I've looked at the fruit of my life and says, man, I sure as heck like this, even though I know it's full of stuff that necessarily isn't good for me. Because this looks successful. When you come to a tree and you see apples like this, you're thinking, man, that is a good tree. But we can't just go by what's on the outside anymore. Fast fruit is not going to cut it in today's culture. It's not. Imagine if fast food is bad for you. Imagine what fast fruit does for you. The areas of corners that we cut. We're all guilty of it, everyone in this room, right? Maybe you're not, then you could descend to heaven when we're done, but... We're all guilty in some capacity of, of, of desiring what looks better. And check this out. God is not after fast-growing fruit, but fruit that remains, right? And remains in the Greek is stay abides, right? That's what it means, you stay and abide. Now, coming from a divorced home, remaining is not a word that I've even fully understood my, growing up. I came from a home where, you know, when you, when you think of what the Bible says, when a man and woman come together, they're to be fruitful and multiply, You've never had that talk with your parents? Go have them talk with your parents of what multiply means, okay? Tim, come on. <laughs> I want you to understand this, right? The multiplication stems from the remaining. When you stay together, you multiply. This is why when I look at my parents' marriage, they quit and got divorced long, they, they, they got divorced long before they can truly see the fruit 
of their marriage. They, 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 almost, they, they gave up on it. They didn't have Jesus, but they, they gave up on the marriage. There's all these things, all these problems, all these issues. There's real issues in my, in my parents' marriage, right? I'm not saying that it was, a, it was a healthy relationship, but it was very unhealthy, very dysfunctional. A lot of abuse, a lot of verbal abuse, a lot of physical abuse. I'm not saying for you to stay in that situation. What I'm saying is, as a kid, there was no way that I fully understood this concept of remaining because the one unit that was supposed to be a safe place to watch me see what remaining looked like was destroyed at the age of 10 years old. So the only thing I knew at the age of 10 was that everything good comes to an end. And then to top it off, my mother had the greatest advice she would give me. She would say, hope, expect the worst, hope for the best. She prepped my heart to always kind of lean back instead of lean in. She kind of braced me for the impact that life would give me, Right? Now check this out. In today's generation and culture, 50%, you might already know this, 50% of marriages end in divorce. And this is why we're in a generation that doesn't bear fruit of marriage. We have people that live with each other, but they won't get married. The concept of commitment, of contracts, terrifies this generation. That's why most companies are trying to move to deals they can make with you that don't involve contracts. Because contracts scare this generation. The fact that when I commit to something, I actually have to fulfill it. If not, there's a penalty. Back in the day, if you broke a phone contract, you had to pay a fee. I don't know if you all knew that. And you couldn't just call up the manager and complain, say, I'm offended at your fee. Okay, we remove it. Like, it didn't work like that. Right? We're so scared of this commitment. And the first picture that we grow up with is our, is our, like, is, is our family. And I realize this, like this is so interesting, that God develops fruit not in the convenience of the soil you think he needs to develop it in. Check this out. When God develops something in you, he doesn't do it in minutes, he does it in years. If you think God developed something in you that took him minutes, it's probably not God. We're going to get to the Bible in a minute. He doesn't develop stuff in minutes. He takes him years. He takes his time. Right? How many of you have ever, how many of you have ever been to, to, uh, to a place where there's like gardening stuff or you've, you know, orchard supply? I don't know if this is still around. Is orchard supply still around? Like you've been to these places where there's these trees and you, and you walk into these places and you see all these trees that are planted and all these fruits. And what you get to see is something that has grown probably taken a year, two years, but you're able to purchase it as it's grown. That's not how you deal with the things of God. You can't buy anointing. Anointing is something that God develops with the pressures of life and time. And so if you want fruit, here's a crazy thing. If you want fruit that remains and you have to remain to get fruit, it's like credit. How many of you hate credit? I know you don't have to tell me. I know who you are in this room because I've seen your credit scores. How many of you know that it takes credit to build credit. It doesn't make any sense. Hey, can I get a credit card? I want to build my credit. Do you have credit? No, then you can't get it. It doesn't make any sense. In order to have fruit that remains, you have to remain to have fruit. And I'm not trying to say this just to get you to remain in a ministry. I'm trying to get you to remain for the rest of the duration of your life in your faith. Rather you serve in one voice, whether you come on a Monday or rather God takes you to the ends of the earth, that you would not fall prey to abandoning your faith. You don't want fruit that is filled with GMOs and fake stuff. Because although it looks like it grows fast, it has no nutrients inside of it. And fast, listen, check this out. Fast growth 
can produce results, but it never produces longevity. Is anyone with me this morning? Like, at all? Fast growth does not produce. It does not produce longevity. This is, have you ever met someone that like, they got saved, they skyrocketed into leadership and then fell like a year, two years later? What happened to that guy? What happened to, to, to John Doe, you know? I don't know. What I, he was here like, man, he was preaching, he was serving. Like, what happened to that guy? Oh yeah, he like, he killed someone, you know? Like, what? Like, <laughs> escalated real quick, you know? John Doe needed some healing in his heart, right? Like, I can't tell you how many people got saved when I got saved in my youth group and how very few of them are still saved today. I even had a friend that called me one time or texted me one time. He's like, hey, I just want to tell you congratulations. And I'm like, thanks, man, for what? He goes, you made it. He goes, out of everyone that got saved in our group of kids, because there's like a group of kids that got saved at the same time in my church. He says, you're the one who made it. And he wasn't talking about one voice. He was talking about my faith. But I realized so long ago that I fell prey to going after this. Check this out. Fruit that has taken time in the, depth, in the deep soil of consistency and allows its roots to go deep eventually sprouts up and bears fruit that could be trusted. You know, I heard this guy say this once, never trust someone who doesn't have chinks in their armor. Because someone who doesn't have chinks in their armor hasn't gone to war. Someone who hasn't gone, it's, it's one thing to have a life that is like perfect and you say nothing goes on. It's another thing when you've had some pitfalls because the Bible says a righteous falls seven times, but they get back up. This is what separates those who are righteous from those who are not righteous. We choose to restand again and re-sign up again. It's not that you don't have moments of shortcomings or moments of failure. It's that in those moments of failure, you know who to run to. I can trust the fruit of my pastor, Pastor Nets Gomez, in the area of marriage. Not because he has good advice, not because he's read a ton of books, not because he's a marriage counselor or because he has a radio program that has saved probably thousands of marriages. I can trust him because he's been married for 30 years. You know, they say the, you know, you know what year they say people get divorced at? Who knows? If you know this, I'm going to be very surprised. What is it? Eight. Year eight is when they say most divorces take place. It used to be seven and a half years, and then it went to eight. I don't know why, but it did. They said because divorce process is longer now. So, yeah, so they're still at seven and a half, but now it's longer to take longer to, right? They got rid of the cheaper to keeper concept, right? It's just like they just, they just deal with it. They just get rid of it. Eight years. Eight years. You know, my pastor's been married 30 plus years, which means he has beat the statistic four times. Do you know there is an authority that comes when you beat the statistic constantly? Some of you in this room, the reason why your testimonies are powerful is you've defied and beat the statistic over your life. They said you should have been on the streets. They said because you had no father, you should have been this and you should have been in prison and you should have been in jail. And the way you grew up, should, you should be in a very different place on a Monday morning, but you're here. This is what you're developing. Even though you may feel small, and weak, and when you put yourself up against other people, they may seem so much bigger, stronger, shinier, healthier than you, but you gotta understand it's not what you see here, it's what's on the inside. It's what's on the inside. I'm, I'm, man, this morning, I, more than anything, I wanna instill this in your culture and in your DNA. And I'm preaching to myself this morning, okay? I'm equal, if I could be sitting there and here, I would do the same. I'm preaching to myself. 
I'm, I'm right there with you, okay? We buy into this lie that having quick fruit is the option and is it the best thing. And when we buy into that lie, we actually look down upon the path of preparation. We hate preparation. Again, God doesn't prepare you in minutes, but years. He doesn't feed people seeds. He feeds them fruit. And for the fruit to actually become something people could eat, it takes time. Fruit that is picked prematurely can only make you sick. Have you ever eaten premature fruit? Anybody? Growing up, my grandma, my great-grandma had a plum tree. And I, we were always those kids. That, oh, it's ready. It's all like, you know, green. You know, it's ready. We eat this premature fruit. And every time we would end up in the same position, stomach aches. Have you ever eaten premature fruit before? Because you just couldn't wait. Premature fruit will always produce stomach aches. Imagine the premature fruit you give to other people, what it produces in their life. Fruit that's eaten prematurely can only have the same result. And just because you have advice to give doesn't mean it's good and it doesn't mean it's God. Just because you have something to say doesn't mean you should say it. That's why God gave you one mouth and two ears. I'm so thankful he only gave me one mouth, even though sometimes I act like I have two. I speak out of here sometimes. I'm sure some of you do too. My wife tells me. Just being honest with you. This is good. I feel like free, like I'm freeing myself right now. Like, just because we have something to say doesn't always mean it's the right time to say it. Really. Your age and experience doesn't qualify you to give advice. Check this out. How many of you ever had like an old man? Me and Tim were traveling in Brazil. <clears throat> we met this raunchy old man. Like he was the raunchiest old man I've ever met in my life. Like this guy had, like every other word was a cuss word. <clears throat> and he was so raunchy. I think we were just like scared to preach the gospel. We're like, man, like, this guy's pretty, like, like he, he, and he was like, he was like, do you like Trump? And I'm like, what? like just random questions. And just like, hi, hi. We're just like on a, on a mission trip. You're here at Dunamis? He's like, what's that? You know, he, just this crazy dude. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you guys here for the girls? We're like, no, I'm preaching. And I just walk away. And, and then Tim's like, I don't even think Tim knew what to say. He's like, I just want to plant a farm. You know, just he walked away. Some random comment he made. And now this guy's old and he's gray, but his old and his grayness does not qualify him to speak any sort of advice into our lives at all. I guarantee if you look at this man, just because he's old and gray on the outside, he's probably filled with a ton of stuff on the inside that's not the best to give to people. None of your age nor your experience qualifies you. What qualifies you is your consistency in following God, regardless of what you've gone through. You know, there was a thread in the Old Testament, if you look at it, check this out. Fruit bearers have processes and preparation. These two Ps. <clears throat> fruit bearers. People that bear fruit in their life. Are you, are you following me? Are you following me? People that bear fruit in their life have preparations and they have processes. You cannot escape this. If you want to bear fruit in your life, that goes beyond ministry. Okay? That goes beyond an Instagram post. I'm talking about real fruit. Like, like, like my dream, like when I look at my girls that are growing up, like that's going to be the ultimate test. Right now, they're pretty young. Right now, I can still impress them with this little cheap magic trick I do with the salt shaker and a napkin. And they think I'm the coolest dad on the earth. 
I'm like, I like drop the salt shaker down and I like put the napkin and I give it to my wife. Like it's totally not a magic trick at all. What about when they're 15? That's going to be the test. How they love God. I could put them in every program. I could stick them in OV Kids. I could put them in Royal Rangers. I could put them in every single church program. Nothing is going to be able to shape the inside of them except when I live a life like this. And they're able to eat from the fruit of dad. That means when dad fails, dad gets on his knee and says, daddy, sorry. That means when, when, when they're literally like when there are these moments where, you know, I didn't react or respond the right way. It's not a moment where you say, well, that's just who I am. It's a moment where you say, oh man, blew it there. Okay. Hey, I'm sorry. Here's man, honey, daddy wants to be a better daddy. How could I do that? I just took them on a two daddy daughter dates, one to Chuck E. Cheese and one to a, to a donut shop. I'm spending time, <clears throat> spending time with my girls realizing, oh my gosh, the fruit of what they're getting from my life. They're not here on a Monday morning. They don't care what I say on a Monday morning. They want to know, Dad, when can I play with the dog? They're not like excited for the message like at all. And you look at the Old Testament, there's processes and preparations that the people who succeeded in the Bible, they didn't run from, they actually ran into their processes. I just found this out. Do you know that there's 10,000 species of birds how many of you knew that? You knew that? Oh, I was like, dang. How many of you knew there was over, there's like 10,000 species of birds? Honey, that's a lot of birds. Y'all follow me? Y'all follow me? Check this out. No, no, I need you to stay with me here. Check this out. Do you know that only one species flies into storms and not away from them? Not chickens. <laughs> Eagles. Eagles, actually, I just found this out yesterday. They don't fly away from storms. They fly into storms because when there's a storm, the wind that's developed in a storm actually takes them higher. Most of our culture is so bred to run away from conflict. The moment someone calls something out in your life, all of a sudden, God, maybe the Lord's separating us. You know, Maybe we're just not called to run together anymore because you got called out on something. No, that's actually more of a friend than anyone else. You know, I would encourage you when, you, when you get leaders that actually call stuff out in your life, run to those people even more. Because that, listen, that is becoming more rare in today's culture. Everyone is patting you on the back saying, good job as you're on your way to hell. Good job, good job, good job, good job. Hell's going to be full of good jobs, good jobs, good job. No, no, no. I love the fact that I get up with my pastor and I'm like, man, we're doing this and this. He's like, great. Have you been praying much? I don't want to talk about that. Hold on. Like, he's like, we're doing all this stuff. He's like, awesome. How's your time with God? No one asks that. Like when you find people in your life that actually care about you developing this and not just looking like this, man, get around those people. Don't run from them. I know it's uncomfortable. I know. I know it's not the funnest. I know we want to be around the fun people, the ones that don't say anything about you, the ones that always congratulate you. I know we want to, we like, right? Aren't those people the funnest? How anybody, anybody here like disciplining anybody? I hate it. I hate it. You like Alan Rose's like I do. I hate discipline. You know, like right now I'm in this stage when the girls do something, I'm like, Marcella, help me. The dog, Marcella, help me. I, 
in my nature is I don't like to discipline or tell anyone anything. Some of you are like, yeah, right. No, 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 really, I don't. It takes every fiber in me to go up to you and to point anything wrong in your life. I want to be the cool dad all the time. Like, you're the dad that buys the ice creams. I don't like mom, you know? Like, like I, like, like I want to be like, that's, if I'm honest with you, that's my nature. But you know what? That's not doing anything for you. It's not. I don't want to congratulate you into sin and congratulate you into passivity where at the end of your life you're this fat fruit that has nothing inside. Because you know who's going to answer to God for that? I am. Do you know why Eli's line ended? Because he refused to rebuke his sons. God said, okay, you won't correct your sons, then your line's done. Next. I don't want to be like that. You don't want to be like that. And I'm not saying you just rail on people all the time. Or you have like, it's called, I think it's a Craig Groeschel says seagull leadership where you live up here, you fly down, you crap on your people, then you fly back up. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. Like, they never see you. And then the one day they see you, hey, you suck, you suck, you suck, you know, back to Brazil. You know, like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, man, that we would embrace truth. Eagles fly into storms because the wind of those storms takes them the heights that calm days can't. There is something that storms can take you through that calmness cannot take you through. And if you think that Jesus does not want to take you through storms, you're reading the wrong Bible. He so desires to take you through them, but that's the whole point is he takes you through them. He doesn't abandon you in them. When I was writing this message, I was honestly sitting there and I wasn't making a laundry list of my fruit to boast in. In fact, I was sitting there and I couldn't really think of any fruit at the moment in my life. I could have gone the whole Roosevelt stories and, you know, 10 years ago, 1997, like I wasn't even saved back then. But I was sitting there and I wasn't thinking of a laundry list of, of fruit to share with you this morning. Because I realized that there's so much that is still being grown inside of me. I would be a fool to think that I figured it out and I am now a garden that gives fruit to everyone. Oh, what a fool I'd be to think that I've arrived in any capacity at all. Oh, here's joy, here's patience, here's peace. Can I be honest with you? A lot of times in my life, those aren't fruits that I easily produce. You know what? And that becomes very discouraging to me sometimes. I don't know about you. Anybody? You like you read... Like fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You're, I don't have any of that. Dang. Like, am I even a Christian? No, I'm not. I suck. Give me this fruit. Right? Like, I'm there. I've been there. I understand what it's like. It's so discouraging. My wife has, she, check this out, everybody. She has this mirror that she wrote in my room. And it's like 60 things about me. And I literally, Vinny came over the other day and he was reading them. He's like, ooh, and the last one says Brian Barcelona. I was like, yeah, that's a prophetic mirror. Like, <laughs> I don't know if any of that's true right now in my life. Like, you're awesome. You're, you know, I'm just like, no, no, I'm really not. It's crazy. Because these are still fruits that God's developing in me. Imagine David. Check this out. David was told he'd be king. Okay? Talk about a prophetic word. You think you've had a prophetic word? Like God's going to, you're going to, you know, sing on stage. It's like David was going to be king of a nation. 
Stay with me, stay with me. King, king of a nation. Do you know that he actually did not become king, scholars say, for 15 to 20 years? So why did God give him a word so far in advance? For what purpose? Was it to tease him? Was it to bribe him? Not at all. Check this out. If you can think of what a prophetic word is, this is in my opinion, okay? I thought of this this morning. A good way to view prophecy, because I feel like there's a distorted way to view prophecy. I feel like people chase prophecy sometimes, right? Like the Lord said that I'd be preaching today. Give me that mic. No, I'm not. Like, let God do that, you know? Like there's people that they chase prophecy, which it, I, I, prophecy to me is something that will be a guide to your life and really confirm what God is already speaking. And prophecy isn't always for the, that exact moment. But I had this thought that came to me this morning. A good way to view prophecy is this. That God, when God speaks something over your life or someone gives you a prophetic word, this isn't God telling you what's going to happen. This is God telling you there's a seed in you that needs to be watered. But if you don't water it, it doesn't grow. This is why you got people that have been serving in churches for 10 years and they're bitter at the pastor as to why they're not in leadership. Because they got a word that God called them to lead a church. Why? He, he gave me a word. No, he gave you a seed. And your responsibility is every day just faithfully watering that thing. Every single day, regardless of if you see that. How many of you are carrying words right now that God promised you? Nations, or there's something, and nothing in your life is lining up to that word. It's because that word is not a guarantee. Can I tell you this? Prophecy is not a guarantee. It's an invitation. It's a seed. Every invitation has to be opened. Every seed has to be watered. You following me? Moses had a seed of a promise that lasted roughly 40 years. Do you know he was, in, he was in exile after murdering a man for 40 years? Do you know the guilty? Do you know how guilty that conscience must have been? 40 years. Can you imagine, imagine like, like, have you ever done something dumb and then you just feel bad about it? Right? How many of you ever killed someone? Don't raise your hand, right? Imagine like, like the burden of like, I just murdered you. Like you're like chilling your father-in-law's ground. You're helping sweep around the house. And there's just this burning like you're a murderer. You're disgusting. How could you? I mean, you imagine every day, 40 years, and then this burning bush moment happens. It delivers the people. Then another 40 years of wandering. There was a seed that was in Moses that he carried. Esther had a process where the seed of her becoming queen was developed and the fruit of her seed broke the death decree over a nation. From the first disciples, we can see that their yes was anything but easy. In fact, most of us could not even endure the first years of their yes that these apostles endured. You know, I was, I was reading this in, in, in Matthew because I'm, I'm doing like this Bible plan to read it in a year. I was reading in Matthew. You know, it's interesting. The first disciples he, Jesus calls, who, who knows who they were? It's Peter and his brother, Andrew. Read your Bibles. Um, the second brothers was who? James and, John. James and John. First thing that he asked these two brothers to give up is what? Who remembers? Their nets. Now, their nets was their provision. Their nets was every means necessary to their finances. Jesus goes after their money. He says, you want to follow me? I want you to leave down your ability to provide for yourself. This is why there was only 12 disciples and not 12,000. The calling is very, very difficult. Second thing, 
that he asks the next group of brothers. He says, you two, follow me. And the Bible says they leave their nets that they were mending and their, their father. Money and family. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Kind of sounds like a missionary, doesn't it? Doesn't it not sound like people that have given up? But there's a promise that you're, you're going to reap 60, 80, 100 fold. Like I look at my life 10 years ago when I said yes to God. You know what I look at now? I look at a legacy that my Zoe and my Everlease and my Jedediah and my dog's going to have one day. That dog will know revival. <laughs> when it doesn't pee in here, it'll be in revival. It'll be worshiping, right? Engage, engage. I'm going to teach it engage, you know? Prostrate before the Lord now. <laughs> Go smell out passivity. Bark when you find it. You know? <laughs> if my dog's sniffing you, man, you better be careful. I'm going to teach it to find passivity in the room. <laughs> Some of you are like, I'm never coming here again. <laughs> it's crazy that 10 years has gone by and I look at my, 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 my fruit of what the Lord promised in my fruit is that my children are growing up in revival. My Zoe stands on stages. She stood at the stage at Azusa now with, with, with 70,000 people. She was a little baby. Everlease and Zoe stood at the stage in the Seine this last February, 58,000. My daughters are growing up in moves of God. For them, Todd White comes up to them and Lou Engle and these great men of the faith. They know, all, they know our children and they're growing up in this stream. And that has happened because the, the fruit of that is 10 years saying yes every day when it's been difficult. My wife's reading this book and there's this, there's this little saying in there as I'm coming to a close here. There's this little saying in this book and it's really interesting. It says, in order for you to cleave, you have to leave. You ever met, ladies, how many of you ever liked a guy who couldn't let go of his mom? She would, her hands shot up. She was like, Ladies, how many of you have ever met a real mama's boy? I'm not saying he just honors his mom. Like, that's cool. Like, you honor your mom. Like, I love my mom. I honor my mom. I'll snuggle with my mom. I love my mommy so much. But she ain't my wife, okay? <laughs> like, how many of you have ever met, like, a man that you really liked, but his, like, his mom was, like, wifey, too? <laughs> like, and then he met you, and then he wanted you to be his mom, too, you know? <laughs> you can't cleave if you won't leave. It's impossible. Can't do it. I cannot imagine my wife marrying me, and I'm still so attached to my mom. I mean, I love my mom. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love her so much. But this is my family now. And I feel like the cleaving to bear fruit in this season is going to require some things for you to leave. You know, leaving things and God pruning isn't always bad. It's not. Does it hurt for a moment? Yes. Is it terrible in the long run? No. No. I just was talking to a guy yesterday who, who his best friend was under him in his business. And he's like, because he was my best friend, I had to let him go as an employee because I chose my friendship 
over our job. And he goes, we're best of friends today. He goes, was it hard? Yes. There are things in your life this year, there is fruit that is only going to be developed when you leave certain things. There's fruit that's only going to be developed when you actually trust God in this season. It's one thing to say you trust Jesus and then you want to be the provider with your own hand. It's interesting that people that think they're providers because they think I'm doing it, not God. Don't forget who gave you the hand to do it. You're still working with what he gave you. You are. And just because we don't like the fruit that we're producing in the moment doesn't mean you have to be discouraged for the, for the seeds that God's planted inside of you already. What you water is going to grow. Do you know that, right? Like what you water in this season is going to grow. Like it's no doubt. There's been seasons I've watered frustration. There's been seasons I've watered anger. There's been seasons I've watered, I don't know, bitterness. There's been seasons I've watered different things in my life. And I'm really looking like, I was in the car the other day driving on my way to Chuck E. Cheese and I didn't want to eat the pizza there because it's so bad for you. So I took, I took every, I know, I know. I took every least to Whole Foods. You want to go to Whole Foods? We went to Whole Foods and got a healthier, healthier version. And she doesn't care. <laughs> She'll just slam it down no matter what. And it was crazy because I'm sitting there and I'm this, I listened to the new Corey Asbury song with Tori Kelly. It's beast. It's amazing. Reckless love. And there's that one part that says, when I was your foe, still your love fought for me. And I've heard that song at that time. Bailey, it's been, that was our go-to song for a long time. Everyone was preaching. She'd sing it. Caleb already knew. Give the signal. Like it was a song we'd sing everywhere we'd go. Well, they would sing it, not me. But that one part, when I was your foe, still your love fought for me. And I just start crying in the car. And Elise is just looking at me. She didn't know what's going on. I'm just crying in the car. And I'm like, why? How is it so hard for me to bear good fruit in my life when I was your freaking enemy and you went after me? Why is it so hard for me to give that same type of love to other people? Why, God? Why? What am I so offended with? What am I so hurt with? What's going on on the inside? I feel like for me, this year is a year where I'm like, I want freedom, man, from these things that I've kind of thought have not been that big of a deal. Like areas in my life that have been like, man, this looks really good. Because you know what? This looks good to show a donor. This looks good to show my dad, who's not a Christian, that I'm always trying to impress. Hey, dad. Um, yeah, we're doing all this stuff in schools. We got 50 people working for us now. We got a building. When's the last time I said, hey, Dad, I'm loving my wife well. My kids, yeah, they love God. Right? This is not impressive to us a lot of times. Trust me, my dad's a construction worker. He's been a boss for years. Makes a ton of money. And I catch myself so many times wanting to share this part of my life. The parts that don't really matter. Because this impresses him and not this. This isn't impressive to nobody. When's the last time you, like when you like see like famous speakers, you're like, they're normally famous because they've done something great. When's the last time you've seen a speaker that was just famous because he was just a good dad? Well, bring it up, Johnny Black. He's done, he's done no stadiums. He hasn't preached the thousands, but he's loved his wife and he's a good father. Give it up for him. Nobody claps. 
We want the evangelist who's preached in stadiums. No one cares about that other stuff. What if this room was different? I think I've gotten to a point now in one voice where I'm t I don't try to keep people anymore. I just don't. I want people that are called of God. That's it. Because if they're called somewhere else, dude, I'm gonna freaking bless you. And if you're called somewhere dope, then you better hook me up when I go there. <laughs> you know, like if you, God calls you to another ministry and you do a big conference, I better get a free ticket in. Like there's no hard feeling. Like I'm just, I'm at this point now where I'd rather have long life friendships with people and bear fruit in my life that's organic, authentic, and real, and not superficial. I don't want that. I've run from that. That was the biggest distaste back in the day of, with me in, in, in church, to be honest. Like, and I'm, not, I'm not saying you don't like, you, know, like you, you go to churches and you don't not go somewhere because of dysfunctions, because then you would never go nowhere because everywhere there's dysfunctions. It's people who don't go to church because they're hypocrites. Well, they're hypocrites at Walmart. There's hypocrites on the freeway. You're just going to drive on the streets. There's hypocrites there too. You don't not go somewhere because of, of what people are producing. You go and you be the opposite. God planted these seeds in me. Check this out. He planted seeds in me when he forged me and formed me in my mother's womb. And he who began, Philippians 1.6, for I'm confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. That means that those seeds in your life that you can't see, he's like every day, even when you forget to water him, guess who's watering him? He is. Even when you're like, man, like I haven't watered that thing in a week. <laughs> How many have ever gone like a week before not praying, not reading because you've been discouraged? And then you go back and all of you are like, <laughs> and then you go back into like some time with God and it's like you never left. You know how that's possible? It's because when you took a break, he didn't. When you weren't meeting with him, he was still waiting for you. When you weren't talking, he was still listening. Isn't that crazy? How many know like there's some friendships in the natural that you can't do that with? Like it's going to die pretty quick unless you upkeep it. I love that God is, is so low maintenance on that area. He's not like insecure because I don't hit him up. He waits patiently. And that's what makes me weep sometimes. I'm like, man, like why? Like why are you waiting for me? Like don't you see all my dysfunctions and issues and problems in all these areas? You know, when you do something long enough, the hype of it goes away. I've learned that. This is why it's a big test for us 10 years. The hype of reaching schools. The excitement, I was just talking to our team the other day because we got people that have come from different parts of the country and even other countries and they've joined One Voice. Check this out. Do you know that excitement will get you somewhere but it won't keep you there? It, right? How many of you ever were, how many remember when you were excited for that job? And then like a week later, you're like, I hate this job. <laughs> right? All of us have been there, right? Man, I got the best freaking job, man. Like, I work at the best Starbucks on the planet. Nobody got us lattes like us. Like, these lattes are another level. And a week later, man, I freaking hate this place. 
hate these lattes. Isn't that not our human nature? How about relationships? You go from one girl to the next. She's old news now. Who's next? He's old news now. Who's next? What about kicks? I'll take a little bit of like lighten up the room a little bit. What about cars? You know how many? I've had like probably like 22 cars in my whole life since I was 18. No, that's not a good thing. Like I've changed them out too many times. I've gotten bad deals too. And my wife knows when I say, this is the last car. She's like, yeah, right. I swear, I swear. Man, my longing for you this morning is that you would desire real fruit, but understand that the formula to produce this is longevity and remaining where God has you. He doesn't change his mind just because you do. I think it's so interesting how people think God, like people think that God changes his mind when money doesn't come in. God changes his mind when something, when all of a sudden your family doesn't agree. Now God, maybe he changed his mind. No, the invitation is still there. I look back at my life you know, like they did the decade challenge in the last decade. Like I went into this decade, a single man. I've come out with three kids married and a dog. I went into this decade with zero staff. We currently have 45 who are rolling in a mission. Like the decade remaining has produced all of these things in the natural but I could only imagine what it's produced on the inside of me. Because there's been so many moments, man, I wanted to bow out and quit. There's been so many moments I'm like, dude, I'm done. I'm done. I, don't, I told you last week, like I'm at Disney. I'm like, I don't want to do one voice no more. Like, I just want to work at Disneyland. It's so much easier. <laughs> Happiest place on the earth. Not really. John John used to work there. <laughs> like, no. No. No, you have to remain, not just yes in your faith, but I would encourage you another thing, remain in your calls. Don't quit, don't bow, don't bounce. If someone offends you, love them. Love them, you know why? You know how many times my family offends me all the time? I offend them all the time, I don't bounce on them. There's sometimes I know my wife's like, that's just my, it's just Brian. <laughs> Have that kind of look on people, as long as it's not abusive or crazy. Like, like, ah, man, I love you. I'll be waiting for you when you're done. Throw your fit, I'll be here. Like, let's love people like that. Like, what if we, like, as we're birthing this, as we're birthing something that we know God is calling us, we're birthing a church here. There is going to be a, like right now it's still in its fun stages. We're still growing. It's still new people come in. There's some weeks that have more. There's some weeks that have less. You got like guest speakers. It's, it's still in this fun stage. You know what's going to be even funner? What about when we're five years into it? What about 10 years into it? What about when you're not just a stranger? You actually know, we, we know each other. What about when we go through transitions together? You know, when I got to talk to Kim Walker, she came to our conference this last year. She's been running with Banning Leapshire for 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. And she said this. She goes, there's something special 
about running with someone for 20 years because you go through highs, through lows, through birthdays, through deaths, people that die in the ministry, like not just to themselves, but physically. You go through growth, shrinkings, you go through everything together. And it produces something in you that's like, I got your back. But even more than that, the fruit it produces in relationships. Because there's individual fruit that God's developing, but there's also fruit that comes through relationships. There's fruit that you bear. You know, I look at Manny, and I'm always joking with this guy nonstop. You know, Manny's been with me for about six years. For the first three years, he tried to quit almost every week. It's always something. Every, every winter, it'd be, I got to talk to you. I just, just got to talk. I already knew with the middle. Yeah, you want to quit, Manny? All right, what's wrong now? My money, be my family. I said, okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll see you next week, you know? Every week, he was trying to quit on me. And he's here now, six years later. And you know, what I admire about his journey is it hasn't been easy. He's had other opportunities. He's had other job offers. He's had other places to go. But there's a difference when you're somewhere, not because you have to be or because you feel like it's the best thing on the planet that's ever happened to you, versus it's somewhere where you know God's called you and you choose to be there. How many of you know you want to be in a relationship with someone that sees you like that? Like, I'm with you because you're the best. No, I'm with you because I can't get anything else better, right? That's terrible. That's terrible. I want to encourage the heck out of you this morning that there is a fruit being developed in the inside of you that even though it's slow, it's not fast. Even though it's not easy, man, don't cop out for this. Don't cop out for this. Don't let podcasts substitute your Bible reading. Don't let hangouts substitute true fellowship. Don't let what you think is friends substitute iron sharpening iron. There's a difference between a friend and iron that sharpens iron. Man, I want to be around dudes and, and, and that, that come around me and their lives sharpen my life. Not like we're always fighting and in conflict, but their lives, like we sharpen one another. May this be that kind of season. May this be that kind of season. And may you know that there is fruit being developed in you, man, that regardless if you see it, in years to come, when that younger generation comes, because it's happening to me now. I got people coming up to me. I heard you preach 10, you know, 10 years ago. I'm like, dude, I'm that old. Like, I'm not even that old. But you know what's crazy is now, I mean, I don't have like crazy big fruit yet, but now I'm kind of like coming up to me for advice. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been through that. Here you go. You know, the fact that I've been married five years and like someone comes up to me, hey, man, what, what's your advice? I mean, it ain't much, but here's what I've learned in five years. Oh, man, like you've been doing ministry for 10 years. Yeah, had tons of ups and downs. This is what I've learned. It's not much, but here you go. When you remain, all of a sudden you can give out something, even if it's small. Can I pray for you? I feel like we're like this 2020. I just want to say it is an honor. I know our team. We have to be here. <laughs> it's our Monday mornings. But for those of you who don't, I just want to say what an honor it is to see you every week. When you're not here, I do notice. I may not know all your names yet. <laughs> I'm terrible with that. But what an honor it is. You know, Mike Miller, um, the pastor of Upper Room in Dallas. Uh, uh, yeah, in Dallas. Um, 
when I told him, I said, yeah, we're doing Monday morning services. He goes, Monday morning? That's genius. Because <laughs> it's like Monday morning, like, it's crazy. You know, we got a word, we got a prophetic word, right? Which is a seed, has to be watered. We got a word that we would have one of the fastest growing churches from this random person in Brazil. And this is before we ever had an idea of doing some sort of gathering like this. And you know what I see when I look at this room? I see a seed. I don't see the fruit yet. There's gonna come a day, mark my words, you'll look around, hundreds will be here. But it won't just be bodies in seats or in couches. It'll be hunger. <laughs> You're going to look around the room and you're going to see fruitful people, fruitful marriages. You're going to look at children that worship with us. Not children we just awkwardly send away during worship because we don't want them to bother us as we worship God. We get to totally, do you guys realize we get to totally write our own story in Pasadena of what Jesus is doing? Can I pray for you? Can you stand with me? You guys feel encouraged this morning?